Hi, duty folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Unknown TO podcast. You got Corey here with Matt and Mandela, as always. This week's going to be a little bit different. We're going to throw it back to the early days with no guests for a change. You got us. This will also be our second last episode of season two. We have a special guest coming up in next week's episode, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to run down a few topics, a few things we want to touch on today, a few things we just thought we sit down and talk about, get you guys to know about what our interests are, because we realized we've been doing interview after interview, and a lot of you probably don't know who we truly are, especially if you haven't heard our early season one stuff. Um, so we'll run down, like, you probably learned through the episodes that we, uh, three of us met while working at MLC Launchpad in downtown Toronto. And yeah, we're all three ball hockey coaches there. We've also coached ice hockey with Launchpad. Uh, and that's our main sport. But we've also, I know I've had the pleasure of coaching lacrosse, uh, basketball, soccer, ultimate frisbee, etc. Golf. <laughs> Actually, Mandela, there you go. I've coached golf. Oh, uh, I yeah. love golf. You guys know We've this. both coached golf. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Matt, gotta Matt really, gotta really put your hips into your swing. <laughs> All in the hips. Oh yeah. All so that's another thing. There is Mandela. Over the the pandemic has really gotten into golf. Uh, he's our golf aficionado now. Um, yeah, I never thought I would love golf the way I have, but uh, it's almost therapeutic to me now. I'm really glad. Tell the fans, tell the fans what uh, what your best round of golf was. Well, my friends won't believe me, but my best round. I don't believe you, but officially, you officially us. was in '94. Oh, get out of here! Was people with people who actually believe me a ninety-eight? And I want to know. I want to know. Here's a fact. Here's a fact. There's credible sources for this. Here's a fact for you: only three percent of golfers in the world shoot under a hundred. And I started. I don't believe you at all. I don't believe you at all for that. Listen, I'm I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete, and you just can't teach this. Okay, you just cannot teach it. Okay. okay. And for those okay, for those people athlete. for those people who know me, you know it doesn't matter what sport we're playing it is, I will be above average. Big talks. I okay, we're having worked with Manila for a year now, I I can almost believe that. Almost. Like I can believe it, but like not 90. Soccer, he still got to work on some skills, but Wow. Okay. No, no, no. I figured. Oh, okay. I figured you'd have. Okay. 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 I figured oh, you'd God. have better success in baseball than in golf. Yo, I, if I point. wanted to, I could have played. Why golf's not that different from hockey? Baseball. Yeah, golf is all hand. Yo, most sports come down to hand-eye coordination, right? And I mean, the biggest difference I find with sports that involve a stick, like as someone who has played a lot of sports like that, like lacrosse, hockey, and golf. Um, the difference with those sports is the hand-eye coordination is a little bit more intense because the object is smaller and it's a faster pace. So if you're able to play those sports, you can adapt to the other sports much easier. Like myself, I started out playing soccer from a very young age. Like my parents were, they're from Kenya. My dad was a soccer, he was a soccer player and a rugby player. So he naturally put me into soccer and I was very good at it. I played rep at, um, as soon as I could, basically. But then, naturally, Livian Picker and gravitated to hockey. And I was good enough at both sports to play at the rep level, at a decent rep level, but my love for hockey overcame. And still, like, I'm good at everything. Okay, Mr. Good at everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. He's our – He's our. Um... What, what's the term yeah. I'm looking for? Mr. Incredible or Mr. Perfect, yeah. our Superman in a sense. Well, it all ties in, right? Like, I mean, soccer gave me the ground skills. Hockey gave me the. Soccer gave you the footwork. Hockey gave you the. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on, we have a few topics that we've arranged that we want to talk about. Uh, one, the NHL playoffs Two, the NBA playoffs. Uh, Matt wanted to have his little video game uh, corner. I want to have a quick facts corner, mostly around soccer. Um, and then we also have uh, a woman's a woman's sports corner because we also want to highlight what's going on in the women's game. Uh, and yeah, 
that's that's going to be our, our quick agenda. I'm going to hand it off but to first, Manny. What? But first, I guess Manny is going to take over this, but we can all agree there's an elephant in the room, and we need to address it sooner rather is. than later. There is. Wait, there's an elephant in the room? Where? I don't see him in the room. Oh, it's as big oh. as it's, – it's a 14-year-plus elephant. It's a big one. It's a massive oh. one. Oh. Really His mom is the 54-year one, right? 55. Oh, is it 55? No, sorry. She, 55 her birthday. First, I was actually going to discuss uh, Kadri. Nope. He... Doesn't matter. Nope. That's, that's back burner stuff right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Matt's got a bone to pick here, Matt's got a bone to pick here. I want to touch on it because we'll be brief with that, and then you can you can pick your bone with them all you want, all right? Because I know what's coming from the both of you. This is coming as a fan. I just want I want to let that know. This is coming as a fan. This well, is yeah, this is a so, lifelong fan. Okay. So yeah, Nazim Kadri, another playoff suspension. We know that all too well as Leafs fans. Mm. But this time it's eight games. Eight games. He's out for an entire playoff series plus one. And he got that game two. Game two for his hit on Justin Fall. Now, I think, I don't think it was justified, the amount of games. But I think the action for him getting suspended was justified. And I have some questions because you look at a player like Tom Wilson, he does some outrageous things, and the NHL gives him a slap on the wrist. I don't want to get controversial here and say certain things. I know Kadri is a repeat offender, but I mean Tom Wilson is a very—he's a very dangerous player, as we all know. And I mean, fans in the NHL get excited when they see him get injured, so that speaks for itself. What do you guys think? Okay, so. I just, I want to say this, Mandela. You're completely right. There's there's something um, weird with the way in which Kadri was was handed a suspension, and then Tom Wilson late in the stretch of the year with his honestly him losing his mind on the ice. That's what it was. I'll be blunt. He lost his mind on the ice and put pl- players at risk. Right? Yeah, it was the Rangers. It was a game that essentially didn't matter because the Rangers were out of the playoffs. The Capitals were in the playoffs. But like you can't have a guy losing his mind on the ice who also has more previous suspensions and previous dealings with player safety and not get a suspension. He gets a $5,000 fine. I'm sorry. What is that CBA deal that they players only get a $5,000 fine for losing their mind like the, on the ice? $5,000 is like the max though. Like we've seen, I've seen others like, I know $5,000 to an NHL player when they're making a million or more, is nothing. Is nothing. It's the max. I mean, there's. I don't really have an answer to that. But I'm that's just saying, what I'm like, saying. Just, it doesn't make NHL, sense. NHL. If the NHL truly cares, and even the player association truly cares about their player safety, then they have to make those fines bigger, in my opinion, because then players aren't going to yeah. react, aren't going to care, right? If the fine is bigger, right. they might care because then that affects them monetarily. But if mm-hmm. it's going to be five thousand going forward, they're not going to care. And then I think you look at the Kadri one. And Kadri, yeah, I agree he should have been suspended. And I, and I I get why his was eight games because, like Mendoza said, it was a repeat offense. He's done this before in the playoffs. This is just who Kadri is basically at this point. So I get it. It's weird, though, that he gets this treatment and not Tom Wilson. And whether that's, uh, like Mendoza said, controversial in a race thing or there's just favoritism to Tom Wilson as a person. Uh, because maybe they just the guys in player safety. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go to the race. I know, but it's you gotta call it a spade's a spade. A spade's a spade, Mandela. It's what I was gonna lead into because bringing up Kadri and then also Tom Wilson, you have to remember Ryan Reeves is also a repeat offender, regular season playoffs. Mm -hmm. Recently, he just got you know suspended for I think two games or three games or whatever it was. Not entirely sure. I actually didn't see the Ryan Reeves. Like oh, he, he got, he got yeah, he got, he lost his mind. Like you said, like he cross-checked uh, Graves in the head, like battling out in front of the, in uh battling out in front of the, the net. Like he cross-checked him pretty bad. Yeah. You should check out the hit later, but it was, it was, it was a nasty play. Right. And he gets, he gets, I believe, you know, two to four games, whatever it is. 
But going back to Tom Wilson, a slap on the wrist, $5,000. And I think what I want to say is I think there is favoritism and there probably is a racial card, a spade is a spade, but maybe they favor the cup winners more than they favor the average Joe, right? Tom Wilson is a Stanley Cup champion. You can't have your Stanley Cup champion missing games in the playoff and for the whole narrative purpose. And yeah, but it's Tom Wilson. It's not like he's Alex Ovechkin. I understand. He's not Ovechkin. I get it. He's not the star player. But he does generate a lot of publicity for the NHL. He's a big hitter. Like, when he's playing the right way, he can knock some bodies down. So does generate a lot of. I mean, you name Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves on Vegas, like, he's – that's what he's known for. So, like – I understand, can, yeah. Same with, same with Kadri. Kadri's known for playing on that edge. That's, like, when they're at mm-hmm. their best, right? So, clearly there's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's making these decisions because I don't it's, think it's, it's George Peros. Uh, it's George Peros, bro. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, New York Rangers – probably George some Golden, inner circle with Golden all of the other right? player safety guys. Well, New York Rangers um, owner called him out, right? Said George yeah. Peros doesn't seem like he's in charge of making these decisions. And to mm-hmm. be honest, kind of right. Like it's they're they're very sporadic, and they're yeah sporadic, no consistency. And if it was one person making these decisions, I believe we would see consistency. But that's just me. Also, the other thing too, it's also like how the NHL switches up its rules when it comes to. Uh, off season or not off season, postseason and regular season. The rules completely change. Like, mm. tell me how. What is in your definition of when I say this? What is the definition of a hit, a hit from behind or a hit to the back? Like a hit to the uh, back. somewhere a a blatant hit with speed to it's someone's right on the back. Numbers. Where it's yeah, right on the numbers. When yeah. someone's in a first of all, they got to be in a vulnerable position, so they're not able to defend themselves. Right. And you hit them right on the numbers and you're moving with a decent amount of force. Right. Whether it's speed or just um, the angle you come at them with. Right. Yeah. Okay, I agree with you. Then how come when I watch a hockey game, whether it's regular season or playoffs, I see countless of those and yet no call. I'm going, what's the point of having the rule? The hashtag playoffs, baby. But it's not even Matt, just the playoffs. It's also the regular season. And I'll watch a game and I'll see somebody get hit like that. And I'm going, but isn't that a hit to the numbers? Isn't that a hit from behind? Isn't that like, I don't know if that person was expecting it. Okay. They were close to the boards. They went into the boards. They weren't that hurt. Right. It's not like they flew into the boards, but isn't that still a hit to, to behind? Like I, I don't understand. It is, the rules but have to I don't think it classifies to them. I, I think it goes the same way in the CBA, right? Like some some offenses will get you a five thousand dollar fine. Some will get you an odd number fine, like three thousand six hundred dollars or some stuff. It doesn't make sense. There's no uh, clear cut definition of what they want for their rules to be up and how they want their rules to be upheld. Their officiating also has been aired out, as we saw, right? The whole referee incident was Nashville. There's no, there's no clear there's, definition in the There's rules no clear definition. Yeah. Call them. <laughs> the game has changed, right? But the way that cameras and microphones and inside access has changed, the NHL is in a vulnerable state where they're getting exposed. Their laundry is getting aired out in front of everybody. So they got to do some sort of trauma control, something. They got to get to the nucleus of this and fix it and give the fans – a like new rule book or something, or like adjust like adjust the rule. They don't need a new rule book. To to the rule book is fine. They just have to enforce. It the obviously rule isn't. Book. It, but that's the thing. It's not no, because be honest, there's so many. They just rules have to keep it real because they try so hard to be superficial and try to seem like this perfect league that there's no problems that everything's run fluently. Like just keep it real. You know, like the, M- you know the, NBA, nice. the NBA clearly addresses matters that are wrong. And like they, you know, they know, they know that not everything runs 100% all the time. But the NHL, they sweep everything under the rug. So then when shit actually hits the fan, they're they caught with their pants down, for lack of a better term. You know what I think the NHL needs? And I think this was like a great, ad- I don't know when the NBA added this, but it's a great addition because it's basically them saying, look, well, this is what we, this is what happened. We missed this. Now we understand, and it's out there for us to to know. The last two minute report. I don't know if you guys have seen that pop up yeah. on like Twitter or like seen pictures but of that's it. That's also annoying. That thing is 
it's so it's annoying because it's gonna irk you. I get it as one fan or biased or even just a fan, it's gonna irk you. But it's something I think we need for the whole aspect of clarity. When I see that last two minute report, I'm like, okay, good. This referee, Scott Foster, right? He's on. We can clearly see that he's one of the referees. So now we have a clear picture of who it is, and we can fix that problem, right? Because now it's not like you know, I make it to the NHL. There's, I'm still getting trained, right? You know, the NBA. All the referees come from the G League. At least like 52% of the referees have spent time in the G League, right? Like they're they know what they're doing. Um, so Same NHL with needs NHL. Some sort of you don't just get to be an yeah, NHL. Yeah, ref. exactly. So, so you need yeah. So you need some clarity. And that's what I'm talking about by the NBA keeping it real. It's like you'll never see the NHL criticize their officials in the last two minutes of a game. Like the NHL will fine you $50,000 for saying anything critical. Like, yes, the NBA will fine you if you step out of line, but at least the NBA has these kinds of policies in place. And in terms of what you were talking about, like NHL referees, I personally met an NHL referee and he's told us, the story about like the training they go through first of all these go these guys go through through a physical training period like they got to be almost as in shape as nhl players because they don't get a rest like during the game and whatnot and then also like they're reviewed every game they're scouted every game um and they're given a grade and only a certain amount of them get to the nhl playoffs and then each round so on and so forth but like at the at the end of the day, you have these same referees going the same distance, refing like, I don't know, 10 plus Stanley Cup finals um, and the same linesman going so deep into the playoffs. But you're getting the same level of refereeing. So how can you make a change if you're not really being, you're really, not really scrutinizing them, right? And you're just finding everybody who does. The NBA has gotten away from scrutinizing people who um, – or from finding people who scrutinize the officials. It's more people who blatantly disrespect the officials on the court, which is totally understandable because from a from a sports standpoint and a public standpoint, that's just unsportsmanlike, and you should not be doing that, and that's not a way to grow the game, and that's not the way you want to brand the game to be. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, the, the way that they handle it is – probably the best way and i think it in terms of their cba uh and the player association for the nba they handle their fines pretty good i don't think and their suspensions are good like i think the nba is just one of those leagues where you want to model yourself after right like you you look at the commissioner you look at everything that they're doing and you kind of want to take a lot of what they're doing and bring it to your league so that you can better the game you want to grow the game um it just it's just something like that. I'll say this much with the new deal for the NHL with ESPN and TNT uh, in the States, hopefully a little of that NBA magic rubs off. And I'll speak from a marketing standpoint since I studied marketing. NBA is the pinnacle in the sports world for marketing. Nobody markets better than the NBA at the moment. Um, I know NFL's bigger, MLB's bigger, but NBA just they knock it out of the park with their marketing. Uh, but we should probably move on. I think we've all said our piece. I think we all know that the NHL needs to do better in terms of protecting their players and protecting their player safety and, uh, and officiating uh, can always be improved and following the rules, I guess, coming up with a clear cut set of rules. I don't know why that's hard. Uh, Matt, we're just going to move on. <laughs> so let's talk about the inevitable. The elephant. The the inevitable elephant. Oh, I got to open my door so I can leave the room. Don't. It's not going to fit. It's 55s and 14 years plus, man. It's not going to well, fit. That's, that's, For those. It's a 55 year old elephant with a 14 year baby. It's, that's 23 years of pain. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should, by the way. By now, you should. We've let the. <laughs> If There's you're no from Toronto you or the GTA, you should have clued in. If you're from Canada, yeah, let's be honest, you should if know. They're, if they're listening to this podcast, they know what we're talking about. Let's don't kid ourselves. We're talking True. about another collapse. A thing that happened that made us very frustrated, Ooh. very angry, very disappointed, very sad. 
Mm, Larry asked me asking the same back, question. The, the words go on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. One at a time, was boys. This, one at a time. Manny, go first. Rip, was this better or worse than 2013? I think this was worse. Percent worse. I and I'll start this. I think this was worse because the freaking talent and the 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 the, the freaking talent that we had. There's no other word to describe the freaking talent we had on this roster and the veteran experience we had. And everything from top to bottom was squeaky clean, right? There was a little injury here and there. There was the, the, some adversity, you know, quote-unquote adversity. Nothing like what we faced with our backs against the wall, which we'll touch on. But we faced some adversity, right? We had Freddie out for a bit. We had, you know, Matthews with the wrist injury. There was a lot of things. People were talking, but they still had us ranked. And we lived up to that expectation. Nobody can say we didn't, right? We got the division champ. whoop de doo Mission's not done. They all said it. And you know what? The mission was done. They ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. They got to the playoffs. And I think the top line couldn't compete. It's clear, right? Nobody can say otherwise. The top line couldn't compete. You had your bottom two going at it. You know, two and three were producing numbers. Four was working the boards. One, where were they? They weren't doing anything. And no matter how many times you shuffle it, Matthews and Marner just could not get past Price. One, that's it. Just one. And, and it's, um, it's, it hurts because in 2013, these guys weren't, you know, like it, it, it was a different. It was an underdog was story. Different. Yeah. It, it was, was a Cinderella story. story. It was no one expected Toronto in 2013 to be in the playoffs in the first place. Then they get to the playoffs. They're up against Boston. And it's like, oh, we might be able to win this thing. Right. And yeah. then they collapsed and it hurt. But in retrospect, it's like, okay, that wasn't even supposed to happen. Yeah. Like realistically, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was a shortened season. They went on a run. They they got into the playoffs, and that's when it ended up happening. This, is, this okay. is Boston that that that's still the same team that won the cup two years prior, right? Like mm-hmm. they won 2011 and 2013. There's not much that they changed from their core, right? This is a good team, a strong team, and yeah. we we held our own against that. That's for sure. There's yeah, well, nothing to not be sad that. about that. With with a team that but you know what? It doesn't hurt as bad because looking back on it, we held our own. That was an we held our own team. when we weren't supposed to, right? Yeah, that's like, that leaf team is not the best leaf team we've seen. Fair. The current team, fair. the current team yeah. now is probably the best leaf team I've seen in my lifetime. Let's let's get my this lifetime. straight. Let's get this straight. Not saying I don't uh, agree with you guys because what you're saying is 100 right. Um, I'm just saying that that collapse was just as bad. But you guys are answering my. Question. I I agree that the collapse was bad, but this mm-hmm. one is worse based on the expectations. It hurts. Both of them were shortened season, based right? On the expectations. Like, that's that's fine. Yes, both are technically shortened seasons. Both technically shortened seasons. Fine. Cool. I'll live with it. <laughs> that is totally acceptable. One year we were, you know, 2013 we were high in the in division. 2021, 2020 we win the division. That's fine. The expectations for 2013 were different. The beginning of the year you can go back and look at all the media scrums and you can't tell me that all of them were saying cup is the, is the destination and all 31 other teams, like all third teams are going to say that. Well, technically moving forward, all other 31 teams will be saying that, but um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't go like with the talent they had and the presence of veterans and the way that, you know, looking at all their players on the Ross, it was just, it, the media even suggested that we were going to get that far. They, some of them were predicting us in the finals, which, which was a reasonable expectation with the team in front of you on paper, like healthy. There's no way that we, it, it felt like we were like a baby Nets team. Like it just felt like there was an indestructible team when healthy, there's no way you can beat us. And if you do, it's a really grimy win. Like we're fighting tooth and nail to get that win. And if you can beat us, congratulations. And it was like that in the regular season and in the playoffs, we came short and it hurts because of that, because everyone had that expectation after regular season jobs, not done. And again, like it would just, we couldn't, we couldn't close out the series. There's something wrong with us. You know what makes this thing more Manila is the fact that they beat Montreal three games. The fact that they, they, it wasn't just beat Montreal. It was, played their style of game and handled Montreal. Right. And then they let it slide. They let Montreal dictate the pace of game. Then they come back in two games and tie it. Right. And they give that little bit of hope 
and then take it away through. And you could say unlucky bounces. You can say unlucky giveaways, whatever you want to call it. Still let it slip away. Then game three and they don't show up or game seven and they don't show up. Game seven. I did. I did. You watched that game. We know. Game seven. We know our group chat was going off. Game seven. seven, I rated a Z. Versus Boston. Not even good enough to be rated. Versus Montreal. That's. Boston, I'll rate it. Honestly, I'd rather watch the Boston game because at least we were winning at one point. We were winning and we put up a fight the whole time. The whole time we put up a fight. There was no way that that team was going out. Just to play devil's advocate. Just to play devil's advocate. Just to play devil's advocate. Your team should win. Okay, fair. Right? Because hockey is, Mm -hmm. you're only as good as your last game or in a game you're only as good as your last period shift etc etc right so the boston game it's like okay Mm -hmm. like we had them on the like we were winning had them on the ropes and then boom it's like that's a heartbreaker but this it's like you almost felt like going into game seven maybe because of the history like that plays a bit into it but like even watching them in game six they it didn't look promising because it did it took them until the third period to figure it out and it wasn't even the big guys mm. who figured it out like we are like we already mentioned but then look at but look at game six though in the end of game six it looked promising that overtime period they were all over Montreal oh yeah it was all Toronto all Montreal got two shots and happened to score yeah and I right? think that's what hurts again it's like there were so many chances man all seven games so many chances that as not even top line but as a team we couldn't bury them we couldn't get how it many times price i will say this matt price must have scared the leafs because i don't know how many times i heard the puck hit the boards behind the net dude i don't I know how many times i yelled shoot i i don't know how many times i yelled shoot from my own house like it's it's a basic philosophy you got to get the pucks towards the net and if you don't you're not going to get a goal if you do there's good things that are going to happen and montreal took advantage of that they stuck to the the, the greasy goal yeah. the getting pucks deep i no credit to montreal they played the trap times, too i cannot tell you how many times we had the puck and i just see it go from one player to another back to the other around the board We've gone through like six passes and they've all clogged up each lane. There's no show. Every up, power you gotta play. get it in there. Every power play is a pass, 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 off the boards, pass, pass. And then the shot they like, take is it misses the net. And it's like uh, that was a waste. That was great, yeah. And uh, they were scared. The carry price scared them. He's a great goalie. Anyone I mean, I can say this surely coming into the series, I was like, We definitely have the upper hand. Um, you know, the way carry prices make it ten mil a year and going to carry them to the series winner. And he, he put his money where his mouth is shut me up. That's for sure. Although but what, this does spell good now for the Leafs. Cause now there's a, the first team that had a 10 million, a double digit player of average salary. So 10 million or more. Okay. Mm-hmm. First player to do it was carry price to get into the next round. So Leafs are next. We got how many players making 10 million or more? The positivity. Four, I yeah. love it. We, we're, no, it's, it's just, we gotta, yeah. I gotta end it on a good note here. Like, I know uh, Last... today when we're recording, which is this will go up on Thursday, you'll be hearing this on Thursday or later. This was recorded on Wednesday, June 2nd. Uh, they had the press conferences today with Shanahan, Keith, and mm-hmm. Dubas. All three of them said they want to win with this core. I understand that they're still only 24, 25, like, the core is there. They can grow. They can add pieces. It's going to be an interesting offseason with expansion, with the salary cap issues for every team because the salary cap's not moving for anybody. The Leafs are just in a corner as every other team. It's going to be interesting. But with that, I know we have a lot more to say. I know Matt's rearing at me. He's foaming at the mouth. I just want to say one more thing. The Leafs had uh, 10 games played against the Canadians. Does anyone know what the regular season record was against them? Seven and seven, two and one. Yeah. That means we we not only beat them in a series, we basically won three games to force a game seven, and we couldn't even win. We couldn't even win. We couldn't close out. They mentioned it. I will say that to close it out. They mentioned, I think it was Brendan Shanahan mentioned 
the kill, lack of killer instinct. And I think that was evident in this series. Yeah. Moving on though. Moving on though. We got the NBA playoffs. Matt, you want to take it away? Do I have the honors? Is this me? Okay. All right. By all means, I have I'll so, be honest. I haven't so been watching yo, the playoffs. Let me let me break it down. The Lakers aren't going to the finals. Okay. The Clippers may have a chance of making it to the second round if they they play nice, right? There's been a lot of content. This the playoffs this year. The playoffs feel like the '90s this year. That's what I want this headline to be. Like. The playoffs feel like the '90s. So basically, that's bold. You got the Nets. Well, the like, Heat are out, right? The Heat got swept by the Bucks. That was a matchup for and the. They Eastern were in the Conference. finals last year, correct? Yeah, they they played Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks. The Bucks said Milwaukee, and I quote, said, uh, "We came into this series with the mindset." of not wanting to play with our food and we didn't play with our food. And that was the end of the quote. Damn. They won their series Damn, for they nothing. They took that rematch and said, thank you. They said, thank you. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, so that's one series. Then you had the Nets versus the Celtics. Uh, or Yeah. That's the, an interesting that one. was an interesting one. The Nets versus the Celtics was a, a great series. Like I said, 90s ball. Um, a little tidbit tatum had a career playoff game uh breaking barriers great player can't wait to see what they do well did you uh did you hear what Kyrie did oh yeah i was getting to that i was getting to that manny don't you worry so you know it's the sacred traditions of logos and center ice you know and center of the court uh Kyrie at halftime uh during one of the games decided to meet up with his players at half Dab him up. What up, fam? How you doing? Good job. Good game. And he basically stomped his shoes on Boston's logo, Lucky's face. You know, famous. The eye. The eye. eye. Yeah, just stomping it out. You know when you like you have ball shoes in the gym and you go, you know, you freshen up your shoes. Did you, did you guys catch the meme of Lucky with the black eye? Oh, I caught it. Funny. I caught it. I caught it. Uh, so recently announced Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett and former Boston Celtics player Glenn Big Baby Davis uh, reacted to the scene. KG said that this was some disrespectful stuff for you to want to stomp your feet on Lucky's face and ain't nobody going to do anything about it. Uh, You know, basically he was just super pissed that somebody could do that and nobody's going to say anything about it. And then Big Baby's reaction was around the same, you know, just kind of upset, saying, "Better keep it basketball, because if you don't, we can get it can get real ugly." And uh, Kevin Kevin Durant responded basically with just a bunch of crying emojis and laughter's. And uh, honestly, it's it's disrespectful. Yeah, that is you interesting. Know what, you know what's so funny about this whole thing? What is because like I know they're like uh, Big Baby's just talking nonsense. But you never know with these dudes. <laughs> I mean, they're like, out of the league. True. They got nothing to live for, never, but they got everything never, to never live know. for, bro. Like, I'm not, I don't expect, I don't expect big baby Davis to come out here with a strap to threaten nobody. That's not what I'm, I don't expect that at all. Um, so. No, it just could, it could just be some nonsense off the court. Like them come into like mm-hmm. a game and just, you know, just creating unnecessary unnecessary you know the nba already has fans doing that for them yeah that's, oh, a, that's another thing man suspension's been going it's on. crazy yeah, this year story. but like that was one of the other things i was gonna get i just wanted to break down the series for you because i know Corey, you haven't been watching them so in the west you got utah versus memphis utah's leading that 3-1 but that's been a great series john morant in his first playoffs i believe he's been going off memphis has got a great core uh, they can do some damage future next year. They're going to do some damage. They might be able to make a comeback. I'm not going to discredit them. Knock on wood. It's a great team. Uh, Clippers versus Mavericks. Series is tied 2-2. That's also one to watch. You got Kawhi, PG. Uh, you know, they're going they're going ham right now. First two games, they were they were lacking. Luka Doncic Yo, alone. Clippers lose. Yo, Luka Doncic Clippers alone lose. was. A lot of people. Yeah. Go, go. Go ahead. I was gonna say, okay, no, go ahead. Luka Doncic has pretty much been carrying the Mavs, but game three he got a little neck injury, so that's how. Or game end of game two, so 
game three and four, the Clippers basically tied it up using their to advantage. This is when Kawhi and PG wanted to come out to play. They're dropping crazy amounts of stats. Luka can't do it himself, so it's tough. I saw that that one, I think it was game two, where Kawhi stole the ball and then dunked it, and then like him, PG, and another Clippers yeah, just yeah, stared yeah, down yeah. Doncic. Yeah. No, it wasn't Doncic. Even it though was, they still I think lost it was, that game. It was Maxi Clever. It was not no, Don- it was Doncic. It was Doncic on the. I'm pretty sure it was Doncic. Because well, Doncic I don't believe was, was the last one back. Doncic was taunting. I'm pretty sure. Doncic was taunting them earlier in the series. One of them was guarding him, and then he scored a bucket on them and said, "You can't guard me." Yeah, it was, they started laughing. It, he he dunked. Doncic dunked on Pat Bev, or not dunked on, but he like bodied Pat Bev to the to the basket and just basically did the. You're too small for me. Basically said that a bunch of times. So, uh, damn. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, I think it might have been Doncic. But I don't know if you heard from yesterday, but Dame time is all time. He is unbelievable. Denver versus Portland. game 55 points, correct? 55 points, 10 assists, one turnover in 51 minutes, I believe. 55? The man had 12 threes. He set a record for most threes in a postseason game. Beating Clay, God you know what's crazy? The other, the other three. This guy was on it. The other three players listed on that record: Damian Lillard at nine, Damian Lillard at ten, Clay Thompson at eleven, and Damian Lillard at twelve. So, he's basically been trying to get that record the whole time. Secretly, he's been trying to get it the whole time. But that guy is insane. Just has his name everywhere. Damian Lillard, I give you my flowers now. Okay, so Phoenix, L.A. 3-2, Phoenix got the win, 80s out, 8, Anthony Street Davis close, you know, that's my guy, Street Davis, that's 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 him. Um, Yeah, that's it for the West, and now we move on to the East. So as I was saying, Brooklyn and Boston, uh, Brooklyn won that series 4-1, Milwaukee won their series 4-0, so they're going to play against each other. We already got ourselves the Eastern Conference Finals, right? So this is it, technically. Whoever the wins between Philly and Washington and New York and Atlanta, the Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks will blow by them and they'll make it to the finals, right? So this is our Eastern Conference Finals. Just gear up for a good one. Uh, right now, uh, this is the best series to watch, I think. This is the 90s ball. New York versus Atlanta. Whew, this has been a great series. Trey Young is talking that talk. Julius Randle is balling. Yo, I remember the first, the, I think it was the first two games in New York. Trey wasn't performing, right? They were trash talking. I think they all came out with, because apparently there was a report that he's scared of birds, but he plays for the Hawks. But Trey Young has a fear of birds. So they all came like dressed in bird costumes or had like bird posters. And, you know, obviously it worked because they, they won that game. Uh, I think that was the only game they won. Because, you know, he said, we're bringing it. Okay, but I don't think that's the reason why they won. <laughs> it just so happened that it coincided. Ah, it's the reason they won. <laughs> it's the reason they won. He's scared of birds. and That's that's it. That's final. Uh, he said, bring it to the A, talking that talk, and now they're weaning uh, 3-1 in the series. And Philly might uh, beat Washington because they're leading 3-1. But that's it. Question. For, yeah, yeah, please. Did the Migos show up at any of those games? I don't believe the Migos showed up. Actually, yeah, they did. They did. They did. I did see Quavo on Instagram at a basketball game. Don't know if it was New York or Atlanta. That's why they're winning. But, yeah. Migos are the good luck charm? So, Migos are the good luck charm. That's it. Yeah. But like I said, you heard it here first. Lakers are not going to the finals. They're going to lose the series 4-2. Uh Phoenix Suns. Those Lakers games have been interesting. I'm actually happy for Phoenix in in that game because Phoenix hasn't had a good team. All right. And moving on to some video game news. If you haven't heard, uh, Overactive Media, they are a gaming corporation, I should say. They handle both the Toronto Ultra, which are in the Call of Duty League, uh, and they have a series of games coming up this weekend. Uh, starting tomorrow, Thursday, June 3rd. Now, they don't play all day. First game is Saturday, uh, June 5th, against the London Royal Ravens at 3 p.m. You can catch that on YouTube or Twitch. I suggest you tune in. It's going to be some highly active uh, Call of Duty play. Some other teams to watch, in my personal opinion, would be the Los Angeles Thieves. Uh, Nate Shot is the owner. Great players on the organization. 
uh phase squad definitely heard of them before if you haven't look them up on youtube everywhere uh, and my last one uh my underdog would be the home team which is the florida muttoneers so they'll be hosting this series i believe this is the first land series as well so tune in starting thursday june 3rd uh also just want to mention that e3 is coming back uh it was canceled in big previous news. years due to the pandemic yeah big big news canceled uh because of the pandemic but recently got reannounced it will be in la starting june 12th to june 15th uh you might be able to catch this on youtube and twitch again those are the main two sites for that to be broadcasted on um as in terms of what will be there's a bunch of games isn't uh there? not necessarily games but producers xbox and bethsda are going to do a showcase um they're not going to i don't think it's going to be something tied into e3 sony does their own thing they do a state of the play which they did already which would be just after harry did oh they, they did, did already? State of the play uh if i'm not mistaken they might do something oh, i missed it uh different but they announced and they gave uh some game footage of horizon forbidden west uh, which is the second game in the horizon zero dawn franchise which is an amazing game if you haven't played that uh check it out i think it's still on playstation for free right now for their play at home uh promotion so they basically gave like a bunch of indie games and then that's like the main one uh because they know that the new one's coming out sometime in the holiday season so Unless otherwise, you, there's no official date, but it should be around holiday season. Um, but Sony will not be participating. And for all my God of War fans, uh, that has recently been announced as of today. Uh, it will be pushed back to June or uh, 2022. So just wait. It's going to be perfect. Santa Monica Studios knows what they're doing. Um, trust the process. Um, At least it's not Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, we turned into Philly over here. Trust the process. Trust the process. I, I mean it. I mean it. No, it's it's honestly better, better that they delay it because most of the time in the gaming space, when they're trying to rush out games, it's a lot of crunch time and they force employees to stay o- overtime and all these bad things. And the game gets rushed and there's bugs and glitches and it's not great for anybody involved. Well, let's not forget COVID. Probably, you know. Yeah, that was going to say, yeah. It was a big thing in the question, the Q&A with, uh, I believe it was Jim Ryan, uh, head of PlayStation. I, I don't want to get too wrong, but he was just saying that because of the pandemic, they've had to come up with different ways to suit their studios like Santa Monica. So they've actually created recording studios in people's houses. So that way they can get the best quality instead of like, because they found trouble going to like remote locations, too many people mm-hmm. breaking rules. So just getting that voice actor to go to like the producer's house or like the graphic artist's house, setting nucleus points for them to record. He said that that's what they've been working with and they got a ton of IPs out. So whatever's working, keep doing it. Uh, Nintendo, Ubisoft, Square Enix, tons of other gaming uh, production companies will be announcing uh, some amazing art and can't wait to hear it so that's 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 pretty much it yeah hopefully the one i'm looking for is uh lego i'm looking for that lego star wars saga they got all nine games in one that's the game i'm looking for it was supposed to was come that out... even announced what it was supposed to come out last year it was mm. announced in 2019 it's supposed to come out last year in 2020 uh then they pushed it back to spring 2021 and then it was mm. announced i think beginning of april that it was it was pushed back then no date was provided, but it was delayed. So hopefully there's a sneak peek or some kind of date given at E3. I'm hoping. I know that there's going to be some sort of Star Wars news. I was reading into leaks about what might come because I know that Lucasfilms isn't contracted to EA anymore. So it's, EA doesn't make all the Star Wars games. Now they can reach oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's there's an Indiana ga- there's, a, there's an Indiana Jones game that's in the work that got you know leaked in the, as a new IP. Not sure who's running it. But there is a new Indiana Jones. So they're branching off in terms of not just Star Wars, but everything related to Lucasfilms under that branch. One more thing. Check out Knockout City. It's one of the better games that EA's put out recently. Uh, it's a dodge brawl game. It's super fun. Uh, it's currently free for users um, until you reach level 25. 
once then you know oh is it really yeah i was reading the discord i thought it was only free till the 30th of may they opened it back up they're like well we're losing a little bit of our player count each day right it's a 30 dollar game so it's not the best priced game for what they're offering it's not the worst but think of it like you can probably it's it's similar to almost like a Fortnite or something where that's free all guys or Fortnite, yeah yeah where it's free right so they need to maybe rethink that drop the price whatever it is but they've opened it up as of now for users to be playing until level 25 i don't think you generate levels if you play private matches with your friends and that's the best part of it because you can do that up to four i think four v four so take advantage of it it's out on playstation xbox pc nintendo switch uh and yeah so that's it for my gaming corner i should say i don't think there's anything else uh related to that so i was just gonna say it was great to hear you guys talking about that because like from someone who's a big gamer but i'm mainly into sports games and just call of duty i don't do the rpgs or like the adventure games um uh the field that's out there is it's interesting like my eyes have been opened recently obviously with the whole expansion and whatnot and you guys are up to date on it so it's pretty cool to learn about i'm learning about it just like you guys are to the fans that is awesome all right keep your eye on toronto ultra they've been killing it this season they're probably going to continue to keep killing it like matt said uh yeah call of duty league i'm not a big call of duty fan but yet i enjoy watching the highlights they're always crazy uh because i think it's because i know i can never do what they do (laughs) i am horrible at call of duty and first person shooters in general uh but moving on quick uh sports facts quick soccer facts mainly uh the euro start june 11th go italy go that's my team they're probably not gonna win but i cheer for them anyways uh, the other news um, is MLS is also apparently looking to start their own development league. So currently the way the soccer pyramid works in America, I should say, um, is MLS is top tier. They're the first tier in the pyramid. Second tier is USL, uh, USL championship, I believe. Then third tier is USL League One, and fourth tier is USL League Two. So USL operates three leagues that are all second, third, and fourth tier, respectively. Uh, MLS is trying to now create their own development league, which would be in competition with one of the USL leagues. I think they aim for it to eventually be a second tier, but it looks like they're starting at – it would start at a third tier. Nothing's confirmed yet. These are all rumors, but these rumors have been persistent, and there's enough info around them. That's the news there. Uh, another news in, I guess, football, and I say that with air quotes because it's American or Canadian football. Edmonton, uh, the Edmonton football team changed their name to the Edmonton Elks. They keep the EE. They get a cool new logo. They get elk antlers on their helmets. I think we all can agree they made the right move. Yeah, the name the name will take a while to grow on me. Like the Edmonton Elks, it sounds kind of funny. It doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not going to take me a while. Edmonton Eskimos, Edmonton Elks, just. I actually kind of like it. It's short. It's not nothing too long. I think for just the longtime fans, it's going to be like, like, that's like yeah. us referring to it as ACC, but it's Scotiabank, right? Like, yeah. Rogers Center as the Sky Dome. It's not going to change anything, but the way fans view it or approach the name, like something, I guarantee there's going to be fans who have been breathing and you know, dying by Edmonton Elks now, but they're still not going to call them the Elks. They're going to call them the Eskimos. Like, it's just the right step in the direction. It's a step in the right direction. It'll take time, but I think they nailed it. Our last topic, I guess, which is another one I wanted to touch on after a quick facts there, was women's sports. Women's sports have uh, come a long way over the last decade, and they've hit. They've been reaching new heights in this year. Uh, we have the PWHPA. They played their Canadian series finally. So they had Toronto, Calgary, and Montreal all meet up in Calgary and play a tournament style uh, over the past week, I believe, like weekend, Thursday, I think it was like Wednesday to Monday. Um, and and Toronto, Montreal conveniently met in the finals. Guess who won? And Montreal won, isn't that? That just hurts even more. But they all played amazing. It was a great tournament. But moving on from that, uh, show to the PWHPA for that. That was awesome to see over the weekend. The broadcasts were on TV on Sportsnet. That was just cool to watch. WNBA. 
WNBA has been started their 25th season. They've been killing it. We talked about them before with the jerseys. They have had such an amazing start. Matt, you mentioned before the show, the viewership has been up. The fans have been up. Yeah. The, the, they've been growing the game. It's been nuts. I've been reading a report. So right here it says, <clears throat> the WNBA's ESPN viewership has been up 74% after only five games of the 2021 season. Damn. The Women's Basketball League is averaging 357,000 viewers across all three of their networks, including ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2. Uh, early season viewership is also up 45% compared to the 2019 average. And over the course of uh, the regular season, there's been an average of around like 205,000 viewers uh, roughly, like not concurrently, but pick like, you know, tuning in and out. Man, that's, so, that's good for a league that barely got any recognition. Yeah. To blow up the way they have is is awesome. To see. It says uh, the WNBA's COVID disrupted 2020 regular season averaged 205,000 viewers across all three of their networks, which was a drop of 16 percent from 2019. However, the viewership for the finals last year uh, increased to about 440 percent. So yeah, uh, it's been really good. Women's basketball and women's sports has been fun to watch. Not has not like. Not to say it hasn't been before, but it's making a lot more noise than it has before, and that's for sure. Facts. Um, there's a lot of great women in the game across all four of the major sports, and I'm sure there's a lot more in the kind of other premier sports like tennis and golf and everything down to baseball, softball. Women's game has been awesome. Kia Nurse with her recent buzzer beater yeah. uh, against Chicago for Phoenix. That was that was insane. Uh, and yes, what's her name? Sabrina and Sabrina, Sabrina and Yeah. For New York Liberty. She is insane. I watched the season opener. Holy crap. You know, I saw a highlight on Instagram. I'm not sure who it was, uh, but I think she was on LA. She dunked. Oh, Brittany Griner. Yo, it was yeah. electric. Yeah. With so much in store. I was, I was impressed. It's a good game. If you haven't watched, go. If you're watching Canada, they're usually on. Well, actually, I think they're on both stations. It's usually on TSN, but you also find it on Sportsnet. But they're good. They're real good. So the last thing I want to touch on is something that has somewhat slighted the media in the story. That's why I think there's been a lot of reporting on it. But I I want to bring it to light because the topics in it are relevant to all athletes uh, and all people, no matter how old you are. Um, is Naomi Osaka and the recent heat around her and pressure around her uh, for not wanting to attend press conferences at the French Open. She was, uh, I believe she bowed out of the French Open or was she kicked out? No, she bowed out. She didn't want to do that. Yeah, because she didn't want to do her uh, media conferences because she's suffering from mental health, basically depression. This, This is the thing. So, she explained that in the past that she had mental health issues. Uh, she She's only 23, so she's not that old. She is now the most, I believe right here, she earns $50 million a year on and off the court. That's a lot. So that's, I think, the highest earning female athlete uh, of the past year. And being 23? So, yeah. There's a lot of pressure on her. I can see why her mental health would not be at its forget about just professional yeah and i can understand why being speaking to the media uh would not be something you'd want to do uh because you just it it eats away at you and you get the same questions and they have to ask if you're playing at your peak performance are you can you handle this can you do this are you ready for this do you think you're this i can see how that that can affect you and i i support her if it's something she needs health-wise like you got to look out for yourself that's what she's doing um but it, it is interesting seeing how everybody's reacting because there's like the French Open and, and the uh, WTA. They're looking at it like, well, that's your obligation. You're an athlete. You're supposed to do it this way. The media is, of course, saying it that way. And then there's others defending here going, well, when other athletes like Marshawn Lynch, for example, he always just goes, I'm here so I don't get fined. Well, yo, to, to chime in on that, first of all, the WTA, 
Um, mm-hmm. She is, they're looking at her as a dollar figure. If she's not in it, they're mm-hmm. losing lots of money. Same with the French Open. And that then affects their sponsors, their viewership, which costs them money at the end of the day. But it wouldn't affect her play. She would still be playing. She just wouldn't have to deal with the redundant questions at the end or beginning of games. But the thing is, they have to have control. True. If you're not going to play by their rules, then they can't, because then that sets a, a bad precedent, right? Then other tennis players can come out and say, hey, and they have certain obligations with their media and so on and so forth that these people are going to speak. It's like, even like NBA players, as much as they don't want to speak, someone, you just said Marshawn Lynch, he literally shows up to an interview and said, you know why I'm here. Because the NFL chose to fine him $50,000 for not showing up to the media day. And then the second point I was going to make, some of the athletes that came out and spoke on her behalf included Serena Williams, who came out and said that um, she wishes she was there to give Naomi a hug, but she can't be. And she feels that Naomi should handle it how she feels she should handle it. And we're not all cut from the same cloth, essentially. And Serena basically said um, the way she looked at it was when reporters would ask her questions, she knew that the people who were asking her questions, the reporters, were not anywhere close to as good or would never be as good at her in her sport. But she said not everybody is like that. Everyone handles things differently. This is Serena Williams, the best tennis, female tennis player ever in history, right? So to me, like, that's an old veteran who understands the whole, the whole, the whole aspect scenario. And I feel like those words should be well, taken. She's been, very... she's the only one who's ever reached. Like, exactly. Exactly. Reached so shoes. Those words should be taken like into every, they should be the only words that matter. No, like no matter what comes out in the media, like, yeah, like nobody else has been there except like you just said, her. So uh, the rest is just noise. Mm -hmm. Well, she's like, even I know they've interviewed a few of like, um, like superstars on the men's side, but Naomi's bigger than most of the superstars on the men's side now because the fact that she's female, the fact that she's Asian, she ticks all the boxes for a marketer in today's day and age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Where you, you basically want diversity and inclusion and all these things. She hits the market. That's why she's making 50 million at 23. Right. And those are more from not her playing and winning. That's from her off court endorsements. She's the most endorsable figure in sport. And that's, it's just it's amount it's the pressure on her i don't know how she deals with it she's stronger than me and i hey i agree with serena like she deserves a hug because that that's tough well yo this just goes to show she's human right true this is how she's dealing with the pressure true all right thank you guys can't thank you enough this will be our second last episode we have a special episode coming for you guys up next sure you guys will enjoy it and appreciate it we truly appreciate all the support everything you guys have done for us sharing liking subscribing hope that you guys will continue to follow us we have more special content coming for you guys out next season um keep following us we'll keep you posted but uh yeah speaking for unknown to podcast this is mandela Corey, and matt And we got one word for you. Peace.